You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. When we left off... Jules and Val had chatted to Camillo about who Jacob really was. And he begged them, please don't go to the cops. He's not who you think he is. He's not the bad guy in this situation. And now we get to scenes that make us happy, Monica. When they finished their conversation with him, we cut to them outside the house where Jules and her mom are living now. And for the first time, Val is open and she's looking happy Yeah, and it's such a sweet scene. Like, I mean, they're flirting a little bit, which I absolutely adore, but they're also the friendship is at the heart of this scene. And, you know, Valentina appreciates getting out of her house because she knew it wasn't really helping her. And they're talking about transmigration and they're just having this, you know, very sweet conversation. And it's very important to talk about in this scene, which somebody figured out on Tumblr when. Val goes to open the book and show Juliana a page like Juliana puts her fingers on Valentina's and they just have this moment there and it's like so easy to miss they don't acknowledge it but it's just everything like such a small little seemingly insignificant moment it was needed that there's a million of these small insignificant moments they look at each other with longing with love in their faces they're looking at each other's lips when they're talking there's this kind of intensity between them yeah and that is where they have the scene where you kind of get a little bit more confident flirty juliana which you don't always necessarily get where they're talking about like in another lifetime you could have been my principe azul uh which is the spanish-speaking version of prince charming so they're kind of making this you know this very deep conversation and They don't know that, like, they're talking about them being soulmates, but that's basically what they're saying to the viewer. But it's very sweet, and they'll kind of have other conversations about them through the construct of reincarnation coming up. But takes the the whole soulmates and destined to be together idea to another level. So they're sitting on the stairs, and they're both, like, leaning into each other. There's a lot of physical contact going on. It's, at this point, I think we, we... All the viewers were like, they're going to get back together again. Yeah, I mean, emotions were running high. Let's just put it that way. Because the last time we saw them together, except when they first get together at the start of this series of scenes, is when they broke up on the park bench. And then they've been on these separate journeys. Valentina getting kidnapped. Juliana seeing Hakabo and thinking that it's her father. So they've been separated on the show for a really, really long time. And to have them get to come back together and have these really nice scenes of happiness. Like, I think it was a really necessary and important beat on the show to keep all of us watching, super, super invested and hopeful. And I'm extremely thankful that that's how they decided to do it because the agony is not over, not by any stretch of the imagination. But this, you know, this helped. 
these scenes were like everything. We needed this though, because if it just went on like bad, 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 no, we're not together, no, we're not together, no, we're not together, eventually you get to the point where you just like, is there a point to them actually getting back together? Do they even still love each other? Yeah. You start doubting that. So you have to have that reinforced connection. Yes, it's still there. Yes, they still love each other. Yes, look at the way they look at each other. <sighs> All right, so now we cut to the kitchen and Jules is making something for them to eat. I can't actually figure out what it is. I've looked at the scene like about a thousand times trying to understand what it is that they're eating, but it just is not within my very South African frame of reference. It's just toast and butter. Is it though? Yeah. Who puts butter on toast like that, though? Americans? Like, just a lump. Like, look at that. There's, like, jam or something on that. And then there's, like, something on top of it. Yeah, honestly, I think they did that for the aesthetics. This show's really, really good about a lot of things, but I think it just, like, looked prettier, probably. You know, like, when you have a stack of pancakes and you put a pat of butter on top. Like, really, you should be smoothing that butter out and putting it on each of the pancakes so you're getting the full the full coverage area. But it looks prettier when it's on top. Okay, but that's just like a chunk of butter on top of, like, something that looks like jam. Yeah. Right? So I'm... I My brain does not compute this food. <laughs> well, Juliana never pretended she was a good cook. Okay, well, like she doesn't true. say that's in her wheelhouse, so. <laughs> that is true. That's what happens when you let an 18-year-old prepare food. That's true, and it's also not breakfast. Who's been on the run. <laughs> yeah. It's also not breakfast, which we know is her favorite meal of the day. But it is a breakfast food. Uh, toast is an all-day food, no? No. I think that the way it's prepared is a breakfast food for sure. Interesting. Okay. Jules and, and Val are smiling at each other and it's this very light-hearted domestic moment that they're having. And there's definitely flirting going on. And, and there's so much going on below the surface. Like Valentina, who hasn't been able to eat, hasn't been able to leave her house, now with Juliana, is eating. And to the point that like Juliana's like, here, have both of them. Like, you seem hungry. Uh, so there's this clear, they are showing us that even just in Juliana's presence, Valentina is doing so much better. Which makes a lot of sense. I mean, it just, it rings true for me. Before my wife and I started dating, she worked for my grandmother and I was very sick in bed one day and my grand kept trying to get me to drink whey powder for some reason. She decided protein was important for me. But I refused. So she sent tomorrow with the whey powder. And of course, I couldn't refuse tomorrow. Obviously. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> I think my grand knew something we didn't at that point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're back with Jules and Val in the kitchen. And they are having this wonderful conversation. And Val says to Jules, are you going to start believing then in this reincarnation thing? And Jules is a little bit like, she doesn't want to outright agree because i don't think she's there yet but she's not disagreeing either right there's a difference between things happening that you can't explain 
and being willing to say, this is why they're happening. So she accepts that maybe that guy who's in her dad's body is not her dad and that's really weird and there's something afoot. But to take the leap and say, I believe in transmigration and people switch bodies and something's going on, you know, I think that's completely fair. But in spite of the fact that they're not agreeing, they're having this really respectful and kind of flirty conversation about it, which I also love. And they do it so well. You know, it's very seamless, kind of the back and forth. And she... I don't know. She, you can tell she just, she wants to give in to Val. She wants to just like tell Val what she wants to hear. But yeah, she's not quite there yet, but she's still indulging her and having this conversation because it seems important to Valentina. There is a lot of subtle body language cues and they're leaning towards each other. They're smiling a lot at each other, that kind of thing. So there's a a lot of intimacy in the scene. So when what happens next happens, it's not a big surprise. Yeah, man. If I was like a happy feeling succubus, I would just be having the feed of my lifetime. (laughs) This whole scene. It was just, oh God, it was such a gift. And I think it's important, you know, we talk a lot about how they started as friends and that was the root of everything. And, you know, we see them in these scenes slowly slipping back into friendship with the flirting which was always kind of there before anyway so yeah exactly to your point is the natural evolution they get closer to one another and then they want to get even closer they just can't help themselves true love that is my experience of it very honestly tomorrow and i were best friends like inseparable best friends first and that foundation is still there today okay then val jumps off the counter with the ruse of I can't believe that I'm hearing you say these, you know, that you're agreeing with me on this kind of thing. Steps into Jules' space, touches her hair, gets right up close, nice and personal. Because Valentina is historically like a very touchy and playful person. And that's what's happening. But yeah, she kind of squeezes Juliana's cheeks and Juliana is touching Valentina's hair. They're they're very comfortably engaged in the friendship part of this moment. Like they're both very, very in it, but you're just like, how long can this go on before something breaks? Either one of them freaks out or something else, you know, happens and something gets rekindled because yeah, they are just all over each other. The touching and the, the intimacy here though is more than friendship. You don't touch your best friends like this. I mean, I don't think you look at your best friends in the eyes like that. But I think that you can make the argument at where it's at now. It's just playful. Like, it's this crazy situation. And, you know, Valentina's saying, like, you have to believe this. Like, if you don't believe this, what am I going to do? Like, this is all crazy. And it's just fun and flirty and very emotionally charged. But they haven't, like, crossed a line yet. They can still go back from it, I think. Right, but then there's a beat. Right, which the show does so well. We've talked about a million times. Where you can see that the feelings are coming, roaring back. Val wants to take it further, but steps back. She apologizes. I'm sorry. You know, I didn't want to cross a line because Jules is the one that, you know, ended the relationship. 
And Val doesn't want to put her heart on yeah. the line again in this way. And she is right there, about to do it. Yeah, and they both acted the hell out of the scene because, like I said, you can you can see the moment when it shifts and Valentina slips out of just experiencing the moment and thinks about the implications of what's happening. And yeah, there's that beat, everything changes. Valentina has to physically remove herself from Juliana's space because she's so aware of what she was about to do or what she wanted to do and how easy it was to fall back into that. But yeah, you're exactly right. Like the viewer knows like that we want them to be together. We love them. But from Valentina's perspective, Juliana is the one that said, let's not look for each other. You know, this is too hard. I don't want to do this. All of the problems that they had before are still problems that they have now. In actuality, nothing's changed. Uh, if anything, things have kind of gotten worse uh, and new problems have been heaped onto the situation. So Val actually looks away. She puts her back against the counter, turns her side to Jules and sort of takes a breath. You can see she's trying very hard to not get overly emotional in this particular scenario because she wants so badly to be with Jules and she's still kind of heartbroken about it. Oh, she's absolutely heartbroken. Then Jules walks up to her and says, you know, we've talked about this. Ooh. That, mm-hmm. It's so good. It is everything. She is just almost like petulant in a way. Like, I love it. I love it. I think it's one of the best, like, sounds on the show. <laughs> I don't know what we would call it. It's perfect. It is perfect because she's having that conversation. She doesn't want to have that conversation again. She's feeling all these things, right? And it's coming across so beautifully as you watch her. Even in the shots like this where Jules is the one in focus and she, and Val is closer to the frame but out of focus, you can just feel everything that's going on with with her. Yeah, I mean, I've probably watched this scene like a hundred times. Right conservatively it's i i mean i think it's one of the best scenes in the show between them if not my favorite because it's not necessarily like good things that are happening but they're very poignant emotional things that translate really really well to the viewer and make you feel along with them oh completely so jewel says here Val, it doesn't mean that I stopped feeling what I feel for you. And Val's reaction is beautiful to this because she bites her lip. She's she's holding back. She doesn't want to... And she kind of rolls her eyes. You can make an argument that there's like the slightest eye roll. No, there's definitely an eye roll. And, but it's this whole thing of like, you broke up with me. And now you're flirting with me. And now you're telling me you still feel things for me. But you're the one that broke up with me. Right. I don't know. I think Val just doesn't understand. You know, she leads with her heart. And even though she does waffle in very specific instances of where the difficulties of their reality come knocking at her door, but in the abstract right now with uh, Juliana so close and them having this moment, she cannot conceptualize all the reasons this is a bad idea. 
It's like in every romance novel where there's all these reasons why it's never going to work. But you put these people in a room together and they're like, well, they don't seem as important anymore. Like, let's do this. We'll deal with the ramifications later. That's exactly where Valentina is now. Like she, I think, can conceptualize the reality of the situation, but she can't stop what she feels when they're together. And it makes the other stuff seem not as insurmountable when they're together. Absolutely, and she's frustrated because Jules won't take that leap with her. But Jules is coming closer and closer and being very, like, you know, serious as she says things like, it's just that everything that's been happening, I don't think it's the right time for us to be together. And she looks kind of sorry about it, and Val is doing a lot to not engage in this conversation. Yeah, she won't look at her, she's facing forward. And then Juliana shifts over and gets in her space and Val is leaning against the countertop and Juliana stands right in front of her and kind of puts her hands on her hair and is like comforting her a little bit and then they start to Val still she's like she's confused and I think she feels rejected and quite frankly that is not a feeling that Valentina Carvajal has had very much in her life of not being able to get what she wants and I think that that's where you see a little bit of the petulance come out which like only makes me love her more big fan if you can't tell (laughs) but then they start to have this really sweet conversation about reincarnation and I don't know I think it's Juliana's like in her own way it's her way of trying to meet Valentina halfway that like I can't cave right now and give you what you want even if it's what I want to because one of us has to hold this line because we know what happened when we didn't but also you know she wants to comfort Valentina thank you for being an awesome listener and supporting Tilt the channel that brings you all the podcasts you want to hear you're listening to Tilt. Find more podcasts on thelesbiantalkshow.com. She says to, to Val, look at me. Because Val is looking everywhere but at Jules right now. Jules is standing there. Uh, right now. Standing oh there. my God, that line. And then when, when she does, when their eyes meet, that, that irritation and stuff just is gone. Because she can't. How can you be upset now? And then Jules goes on to say that they'll be together in another life if reincarnation is real. And I just wanted to smack her at that point. Yeah. And there's a little levity where Valentina is like, what am I, your grandmother in that life? And it's so sweet. And And I guess you could also argue it's not even like levity. It's Valentina challenging the situation of like, what if that one doesn't work either? We've found each other. To me, the unsaid thing is we've found each other in this life. We need to fight for it. Absolutely. And there's a lot of hair touching and stuff. And Val's crying. I don't know if you know that. but Forehead touches belong to the gays. So we got that. Also, like, a little nose kiss. Also, the gays are taking that one. (laughs) All right. So, I brought this up, I think, a couple of kisses ago. After the scene in the car, which is just for the two of them, 
every kiss that happens after that isn't just for their own enjoyment. It's to drive the plot forward by somebody else discovering them. And I think that that was kind of, it was a criticism of the show. And I think that it was a fair one because it takes something that should be like this romantic moment between two people who care deeply about one another, makes it a little bit like voyeuristic because after the car scene, the next time they kiss is in the living room when Hakobo sees them. And then the time after that, it's Lucho seeing them at the valet house. And now they kiss here and Lupe walks in. So also, just for me being like wanting what I want, it's annoying because they're not in focus in the kiss. The camera is focusing on the back of Lupe's head and watching Lupe watch them, which very clearly draws you into the fact that like they are not the point of this specific few seconds in the show, which is really annoying because like as a lesbian who's been watching my babies fight their way back to one another for like 15 episodes or something at this point, I'm like, you zoom in. Like, you zoom in right now. And they didn't do that. And I was kind of pissed. It's still a really, really good scene. And they do give you a lot of build up before it and all the fun, flirty banter. And it's very, like, emotionally charged. And like I said, we got our forehead touch and our nose kiss. But I wanted this to be about them. Um, but I think there's so much is happening in the plot and they have to start pulling all of the different tethers together that they needed Lupe to find out to kick off what is going to be the next uh, sequence of events and rant. I think all of that is fair. So now we zoom in on Lupe's face and she is pissed. And you can talk about this. I was just going to talk about Juliana or Valentina's mannerisms. Like she literally hides behind Juliana. They were standing face to face. And when Lupe comes in and she sees the look, she like slinks back and is like cowering behind Juliana. It's devastating. Okay. I also just want to mention that Jules's voice does this really beautiful crack when she says, mom and oh man that just broke my heart in two and it's like they're not even together it's so insulting they're not even together and lupe is like so pissed this is going to kick off a lot of i've talked about my feelings about lupe and how they're kind of all over the place and that's this is going to be me trying to process them again because i just I know that this is kind of a plot device to get the show to where it needs to be, but I just, I hate how she acts. So they hold the, the shot for a beat where Jules and Val are just staring at Lupe speechless. They don't know what to say. And then we cut to them exiting the kitchen. Lupe's running behind them. She's saying, no, no, where are you going? You know, explain what's going on. And they are fleeing. I know. And... Oh, Jules is, like, holding Valentina's hand, pulling her along. It's just... And it's interesting because Jules looks upset and Val looks panicked. Like, Jules looks angry. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So a lot's going on in the scene. Nobody touches my baby. <laughs> Forgot she did that. Yeah, I did too, and then I saw it and I was like, ooh, yes, that's unpleasant. Um, poor Val. So Lupe rushes up, says, what did you do to my daughter? Grabs Val's arm 
and pulls her to so that she turns around to face her. Jules gets in between them. Lupe's like hurling insults. She's perverted you, corrupted you, whatever it is. And I like that Jules just straight up stands up and says, this isn't a perversion. I'm in love. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever felt in my life. And when she says that, they shoot to, they uh, pan to Valentina watching Juliana say that. And then Lupe wants to know who else knows about this because that's the big issue, being scandalized. Yeah, I mean, there is so much going on in this scene just from start to finish, like Lupe getting physical about it, Lupe completely forgetting all that Valentina has done for them, has done for Juliana. You know, she takes it as some sort of affront to her that they're making a fool of her, that this has been like going on behind her back. It's, yeah, they they really just go hard on all of the sad but potentially possible tropes or situations that somebody could encounter. This is kind of the worst case scenario where they're just lumping them all on. She says to Val, get out of my house. And Jules says, you're going to kick her out of the house. She's loaning you. At that point, Lupe sort of does double take because the daughter's 100% right. But it's all just a lot for Val, so she does leave. And then we get the most beautiful shot. A close-up of Jules as she's confronting her mother and she's got tears in her eyes but she's stubborn like you can see the chin jutting out you are wrong in this scenario mom so now we cut to val coming out of the door uh to the the outside of the property she leans against the door she is crying Elyria tries to help her she says she doesn't want any help and she's in the car she is devastated not only has she had to go through this with her sister but now she's had to go through this with Jules's mom as well. And it's just like nobody is on their side at this point. This is what I, I think she's feeling like. I know there's Guille and uh, his girlfriend. Renata. And good Santa, though they don't know it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I hate Lupe and I hate the way she behaves and I think they do this to show you that people can change and that's what they're trying to do but because it's so emotionally intense I just even after she like comes back around I have time I have a hard time forgiving her and I kind of see her I'm sure she's like a complex character and has her own thing going on but I think she's a little bit of a narcissist and you know her first words when they're alone talking are why would you do this to me and you know she says that because it opens up a really good conversation vein which is you know Juliana immediately coming back saying it's not your fault it's not about you it's no one's fault which is the big kind of crux and point of this conversation but she is just not having any of it and Juliana is being forced to have this conversation when she tried to do everything like quote unquote right. They broke up. She's trying to stay away from her. They decided not to be together and she's still just getting like railed on by her mom. It's just uh, so insulting. On the plus side though, they had her say all the right stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She did not waver. 
right. And that for me was really great because in the face of the world telling you you're some sort of pervert, you have to have the backbone to be able to stand up and say, actually, I'm not. Yeah. And love is not wrong. And it actually has nothing to do with you because all of this is exactly real life. Yeah, and neither of them do when confronted. When Valentino is confronted by Ava, now when Juliana is being confronted by her mom, like they have trouble dealing with one another and dealing with their emotions. Uh, But when other people come at them, yeah, they don't waver on that. Which I love because I don't like storylines where people are like, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just this person, maybe it's just a one-time thing. Well, to be fair, though, Valentina does almost say exactly that. She says, it's not even that I love women. I love one woman, Juliana. But they have many conversations before that about being gay that make the the viewer more comfortable with her saying that to her sister. But there is like a tiny bit of that. There's a tiny bit of everything. They go through like every possible thing with the cast of characters on this show that somebody could experience. It's true. Oof. So Jules says to her mother, the first person I fall in love with just happens to be a woman. Can't you just understand that? Mom says no. Yeah. Man, the women on the show are hard asses. Like, it's all the men that are, like, you know, supportive. And it's the women that really have a problem with it. And I think that there's something about the fact that they understand how much that it's already hard being a woman and to be a queer woman is going to make it that much harder. So it's just not even a possibility, but it's disappointing. I mean, and there are so positive moments like Renata being happy for them and stuff like that. But overall, it super bummed me out that the most important women in each of their lives just comes at them. So like with so much vitriol and lack of acceptance. And then Lupe turns around and says, I'm not going to let you ruin your life. We're going to leave the city. And there's just a lot of anger. So I think Jules and her mother are a lot alike in terms of like, they're both stubborn as hell. And when they get something in their head, they stick their, they dig their heels in and they're not moving. And I think that's what's happening here. Yeah. Jules is absolutely in love with Valentina, but I think it's, she's also like stubbornly, fighting with her mother I think a lot of it has to do with she knows she's right in this circumstance and she's not gonna bend on this well and also you know she doesn't say crap about her mom running around with Panchito who's just like abandoned his children for his former flame so that they can play house indeed speaking of Panchito he then arrives as Jules storms off and again good guy you know put him in the plus column (laughs) Juliana had a secret and that secret was Valentina I love it Uh, drama she tells him she saw them kissing and he's like okay and it's not a big deal Lupe calm down and she's getting upset because he's not on her side why is he not on her side and okay this is it's funny this is a little bit of a PSA moment for me like it's a little too overt she's like what do you know and he goes well I've read about it 
and homosexuality <laughs> has existed since the dawn of time. And it's just, it's too, you know, it's too in your face for everything that this show does so, so well. I, you know, I will be realistic with my criticisms and this is one because I think they just like for some reason really wanted to make that point. And that was like the only way that they could fit it in. I'm okay with that though, because if you're going to have the storyline and you're going to have it as something to have, you know, open up discussions so that young queer people can actually come to their families and this is not, you know, look on TV, they said homosexuality has been around since the dawn of time. Frankly, I think we learn more from watching TV than we do from anything else. Oh, absolutely. No, it's just so overt. It's cheesy, I guess is what it is. That Usually the show does a little bit of a better job with the nuance. Um, okay, but, but to be yeah. fair, this is Panchito. He's pretty cheesy all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a cheesy thing happen, Panchito's your man. <laughs> oh, God. Fine. Uh, Lupe. Then Lupe makes the most delightful argument. She's like... Wars have also been around since the dawn of time. It's not okay to kill people. And he's just like, this is ridiculous. And her mom says, this is not the life that I want for her to have. Like, she already has a hard enough time with who her father is. Um, and she's kind of, like, spiraling. Yeah. But this is where Panchito's really good. And he's like, you need to put aside your prejudices. Absolutely. And she's saying this is going to ruin her life. And I'm her mother. I know better than you. And he keeps saying to her, you have to open your mind or you're going to push her away. I just like don't. Okay, it's fine. I get it. Homophobia is like really, really ingrained. But in like what world is Valentina Carvajal, heir to the Carvajal media empire, loving your daughter, a problem? I just, I can't. I can't. I can suspend reality on a lot of things, but I can't. Makes no sense. Lupe's out of her <laughs> damn mind. I don't think she sees it as love. I think she sees it as some kind of perversion, some twisted sex thing. I don't actually know because I don't understand what homophobic people genuinely think. Yeah, because she's like a little bit religious. But yeah, it's just like she's just like, no, flat out no. Like, don't need to consider if it's okay or not. It's just a no. Should we end it there for today? Yeah. Oh, baby. We'll end it on the shot of Jules's reaction to all of this and what's about to happen with her. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online. Uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan, and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website, www.monicamccallan.com. But for sure, if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff, Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.